Well, hello and welcome to Loving Your Garden Live with me, Rod Whiting, and our gardening guru, John Sterland, in association with our sponsors, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. Hello, John. Hello, Rod. Hello, everybody. And we also have, as you can probably see on the screen, a uh, guest with us tonight. Hello to Mark Smith, horticultural wholesaler. Uh, where are you, Mark? What are you doing? Um, I'm in uh, Wollington, uh, Wollington in Nottingham at the uh, community centre and next to the very, very nice garden that they've got here that uh, won the Green Flag Award in 2021 to 2022. Excellent. So you're there to give a talk to um, some gardeners there, I, I, I gather. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nottingham Future Society tonight, yeah. The Future Society, okay. The reason um, that you're here this week is because you've, in your professional capacity, you've been to the National uh, Plants Show. Tell us more about what takes place there and and what you've seen of interest. So, yeah, it's a uh, professional trade show. The idea is all the new plants, it is plant-based, it's plant-orientated, all the new plants and uh, varieties are showcased at the show uh, every year. It's on every year, but it hasn't been on for two years. So this is the first one uh, for two years. And you get to see all the new varieties, a lot of them bred by British growers, quite a few bred by Dutch growers. Yeah, it's a wonderful show. Um, The thing I will say about this year's show, normally every, uh, every year it's brand new varieties that you'll probably see next year or the year after, depending on uh, what the breeders have uh, bought up the uh, supplies like. Uh, But this year, one or two of the varieties had already been in the garden centres. I've actually bought one of the varieties that was supposed to be a new variety, but it's because they've they've kept a lot of these varieties for two years, and uh, so they're releasing them now, and they're getting the the awards. Can I ask you, Mark, I'd I'd like your opinion on... You know, obviously, this rough times come in, or we're already in a sort of rough times. How do you do? You feel gardening's going to be again? You know, a top priority for people, or um, or do you think it could the garden centres and places like that could suffer a little bit? It's one of the best questions I've ever been asked. I'll tell you for why is because that was the common question that was being asked around the halls when we were going around the show and the the general feeling uh, is everybody's extremely positive because in horticulture in general whether it's uh, somebody uh, growing themselves or garden centers providing plants or nurseries providing plants for people you're selling happiness and a lot of people want happiness the, the you know horticulture and gardening's um gives you that feel good factor you get a really good warm uh fuzzy feeling when you've planted up your garden and you see it getting better mm-hmm. and better it's not a uh, a quick fix uh you know happiness it's a long-term uh happiness. tell us and, about it yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it is it does seem to i mean my garden i've only just finished my garden taking four years um but it's um the pleasure that it's giving now is apt and the cost is way out of my mind i don't even want to know about the cost but the happiness that it's given, especially getting it ready for this summer, uh, being able to use it this summer is, is incredible. And that's the general feeling in the trade, that um, everybody's still buoyant. I mean, the, the figures, the sales figures for garden centres this year uh, is like a, a, a what's termed a normal year. So we're back to that sort of almost plateau of a, a nice steady year, whereas the last 
few years, which has been great for garden centres. Uh, it's been mm. incredible, and everybody wants everything like yesterday. Uh, mm. There's been none of that this year. It's been steady. Supplies have been able to get uh, plants out to garden centres, and there's been no sort of backlog or uh, lack of stock in, in any of the garden centres this year. And that probably means that uh, prices will even out a little bit. I know there's a, there is an issue still with supply, but that that peak in demand pushed prices up quite uh, quite sharply, didn't it last year? Particularly for things for non plant stuff, you know, things like furniture, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, furniture was uh, extremely expensive, but the, all that's to do with is demand. You know, supplies mm. will bump up the prices when the the demands there and everybody seemed to be buying uh furniture again which went through a lull and uh, and barbecues again this year a lot of people were buying uh, bedding plants more though and more so than any other year again because of that quick fix color yeah. uh <coughs> plants was incredible that people were saying that they, were, they can't get enough bedding plants this year uh, from my point of view selling big palm trees and big olives and that kind of thing not so many people were buying those this year uh, but there were the, the previous couple of years. So it all evens itself out. That's the wonderful thing about gardening, as you've mentioned, and, and Rod can verify, on loving your garden. It is incredible. It's, it's great to go on and people are excite, so excited about, the, about their gardens. I've never, I, really, I've never seen it. You know, you, you get sites that are you know can sometimes be rather everything's got to be done with botanical names and stuff like that i i love ours because it's just uh everybody sharing their experiences and pictures it's fab and they've yeah. got and and what's nice is is that and welcome by the way to uh the extra 500 members we've got in the last week <laughs> i mean it, it's extraordinary um i, I know Mar marie our uh, administrator and, and myself have been very busy uh, trying to vet the what's what you know, the people that are coming on and occasionally we are seeing the, the the a wrong and slip through but we hopefully we are getting rid of them as as quickly as we can and uh and thank you to those who report stuff that isn't right um it, it does help to keep the site generally very friendly and welcoming so welcome to the extra 500 members but what what i was about to say was the what's lovely is the different sizes and shapes of gardens that we're seeing you yeah, know, you, you, yes we get the nice big uh gardens with rolling uh hills and all the rest of it but we're also getting nice little courtyard gardens that um, that look absolutely stunning you know and balcony gardens and that's just as much a part of, of horticulture as as those big estates. This year, uh, Chelsea actually had a little uh, section of balcony and container gardens actually at Chelsea, and there was a and there was a, about 20, 20 gardens where it was just featured, and and there were tiny, tiny gardens, but the amount of colour that you you was able to get into those little gardens was incredible, and that was really uh, inspiring seeing those gardens. And that's I think that's where the designers really come in, isn't it? Is is um, really coming to their own. Uh, people go to I think in the past that there's been a relatability problem with some of these garden shows. You, 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 people have been going and thinking, well, this is not real. This is not real gardening. This is this is so showy. It's not it's not for us. But I think yeah. that's changing now. I think people are really getting the message. I do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember a couple of years ago going to Chelsea scene john there and having a bit of banter with john uh but there was a uh, uh like a um, canal 
gate lock, um, actually part oh. of a garden wall. War, working lock well not many people can have that in the garden and that was that was yorkshire that <laughs> yeah. was yes it was from yorkshire that was i remember that it, unbelievable no. yeah but that's where yeah. i like i like the artisan gardens and the and the much yeah. smaller gardens because you can take so much from those gardens and and create it in your own Do garden if I can just mention Beaver Flower Show, because we're all going to be there. Rod's going on the Sunday. Is it 16th, 17th of July? You're, you're going to be printing it, um, and I'm going to be there as well. And the wonderful thing about that is there's, a, there's 30 or 40 new designers, and some of them have really taken off. The new designers, and they give them a small area. What is it, about four by four? Four, four before, four, four, yeah, and they have to create a garden, and they are stunning. That's it's where you'll not... be able to see some small designs from the new designers. Uh, yeah, before the they designers. become famous, yes, really <laughs> famous. I mean, really famous. Uh, you, well, well yeah. David Stevens will also be oh, there, wow. and he'll be yeah, judging yeah. them. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of those uh, designers from last year went on to Chelsea and won gold. So, uh, yeah. and. And then she did a garden for the first time at, at Beaver last year. So uh, it's uh, it's a it's a great show from the new up and coming uh, designers. And uh, yeah. and again, like you're saying, four by four garden. That's something that you could easily replicate in your own garden. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we did last week um, from uh, well, it was actually from Bakewell. Uh, the the, the uh, loving your garden life came from Bakewell just before I went to Chatsworth on Wednesday, and I will just sort of wash up with that. I mean, Chatsworth, if you haven't been for a, a few years, uh, they have done a phenomenal amount of work. Dan Pearson, uh, Tom uh, uh, Stuart Smith. Um, they've done a phenomenal amount of work together with all the staff, the team at Chatsworth. Something like uh, 120,000 new plants, 40,000 bulbs to create um, a, a whole uh, – they've got meadows with wildflowers and uh, a rockery that's just full of plants. Each of the rocks in the rockery is bigger than my house. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it is stunning and uh, well worth uh, popping back to, to Chatsworth if you haven't been for a while. Anyway, Mark, what about um, some of the – have we seen a change of trends or is it particular varieties that you've seen that uh, that we can expect to see in our garden centres and nurseries mm. soon? Well, it's funny, funny you say about trends. A lot of the uh, descriptions of the new plants that are coming out are all uh, drought-tolerant. You know, that's a big, big thing. A lot of the varieties are uh, much smaller leaf, a lot of silver leaf plants which are – and more drought tolerant so um uh, drought tolerance and sustainability is a um you know a major thing but there's a lot of i was surprised to see um there was um physocarpus um there's three varieties of physocarpus normally you'd probably get one one variety mm. in a blue moon but there was three uh this year um one called magic ball which uh, actually won gold there was hydrangeas as well uh usually every year you get probably 20 or 30 varieties there was only two this year but the two were cracking uh beauty of uh, boss coop was my favorite which has got a very very dark leaf and the other variety which i can't remember the uh the variety uh which is almost black with the same uh beautiful uh deep uh, red blooms one's a um same colour, but one's a uh, lace cap and one's a uh, mop head. And the same with houseplants as well, because houseplants is a major thing now. <laughs> and and again, 
uh, a lot of the houseplants that they were introducing to this show was easy growing because everybody has this thing of I can't grow houseplants. They always die on me. I'm I'm in that group. I'm in that group. Uh, I always water too much, not enough, that kind of thing. But a lot of the um, the descriptions and the varieties that were breeding were easy growing, a lot more tolerant to uh, casual gardeners, so, so to speak. Well, that's this is, this is the fascinating thing, isn't it, about horticulture, John? Is is yeah, is how they com- they continue to develop these varieties, taking into account the experience of the gardener and and as well as the sort of trend and fashion. Yes. They, and drought tolerant and all this sort of stuff. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we had Paula. We had Paula on the other day, uh, the other week, and she showed us her house plants, and they're down the middle of the dining room table, Mark, and they're all up the walls and everything. She has really done a fantastic job of displaying uh, the house plants. But yes, Rod, they are choosing the plants and everything really, really well. Um, hydrangeas you know i wouldn't call them you know one of the easiest plants when it's dry uh the name sort of gives it away that they do like well-drained but moist soil but to me um i don't mind what they bring out because as a gardener to me gardening is all about perhaps trying to grow something that you wouldn't normally grow um you know i don't want necessarily easy stuff a lot of people do they just want to go out and relax but my gardening is all about producing something it's same as the the shows that you know that we have at the end of the season and whatever it's trying to grow to perfection and that's what i like to do so adjusting little bits there's no i always tell people find out the ph of your soil first you know your pH of your soil, then you know what sort of category of plants, whether you can you whether you can grow rhododendrons azaleas or whether you're at the other end and you mm. and you're you you're going to be growing other things. And then gardening's all about growing them to perfection if you possibly can or the best way you can. The other thing that was uh, the the other trend that seems to be uh, coming along with all branches of different plants is container plants. Everything has to be small, compact. There was um, I'm getting slightly fed up with it, but uh, I've got them in my garden. Is these dwarf growing buddleias? Uh, they're very very good and they're great for my garden because I need something only sort of two to three feet. But there seems to be a lot more varieties coming out. And there's three again this year. But uh, again, the trend, all the varieties say ideal for a container because a lot of these smaller modern gardens that maybe haven't got those big, big gardens that you used to have years ago where you could put in a, a nine foot, 12 foot shrub and let it uh, go to its uh, potential. So everything's a lot smaller these days, a lot more compact. And, and a, a containers means watering systems, it all sort of fits, <laughs> you know. You're gonna have, really, you're gonna have a good, going to have to have a good watering system to keep them looking good. It all feeds into an, a new industry sort of thing. I'm sure Gardena have got it all weight all sorted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, interesting to say that because, uh, well, we we all know uh, hose lock, but a lot of 
a lot of these firms are all uh, introducing these drip feeder systems now, solar powered timers and, and such like for containers. And you're seeing a lot more of those on the market now. There's a lot more climbers these days, um, a lot more variety. I don't know what it is particularly about this year, whether they've saved the varieties up, but there was uh, 12 to 15 varieties of clematis. Again, uh, easy care when I was going back to uh, you know having varieties that are, uh, have got easy easy care uh, they you know very little pruning they only grow to five six feet uh, and they don't uh, require any expert pruning at all um, that was a, a standout moment oh and the um, there's a lot more wildlife uh, plants, um, like, such like uh, wildflowers that you're going to see uh, in pots, ready grown, uh, mixed um, uh, mixed flowers, wildflowers in a pot that you'll be able to buy from the uh, the garden centre. They they did try this a number of years ago, but only in centimetre uh, pot. Uh, which dried out very, very easily and got overgrown. Uh, but these are going to be in much bigger pots, so two to three litre pots, the kind of standard size pots that you see in garden centres. So they've got a bit more of a shelf life. But I think that's a nice thing, trying to encourage people to plant a few more wildflower seeds and, and flower, have yeah. rather than doing the seeds, which a lot of people switch off to, um, having them ready grown in a pot that they can take home and plant, uh, which I think is a great idea. Well, look, Mark, I know you've got to be uh, doing your talk soon, so we better let you get off and, and get set up. But um, thank you so much for, for taking the time to alert us to some of the stuff that's coming our way through the garden centres. That's really useful. We can't you're, see you. You're on mute. You're, <laughs> you seem to have suddenly gone on mute. So we'll see you at, we'll see you at Beaver. See you at Beaver. He's okay. gone. There he goes. Yeah, there he goes. Gone. Yeah, it's, he heard that, I think. Yeah. yeah, lovely. John, before we go, can I just ask you a quick question about roses? Okay. So when you're pruning a rose, would you prune a rose at this time of year, even though it's perhaps another You can flush prune coming? mostly. If, need, if things need doing, you can prune them. Particularly your roses that have, for instance, one, they give one flush, Albertine, climbers, things like that. Yeah. Um, yes, you can do it. Good. Yes. No problem. What, and, now, um, what I what I found is is that I've I've done my thing and deadheaded um, the uh, scent from heaven and the Gertrude mm. Jekyll. But what you end up with is a lot of these stalks because I don't take it right down to the uh, the joint. Obviously, um, no. I, I, you tend to, I tend to take it fairly low down on the stem uh, rather than leaving a great big stalk. Yes, uh, is is there an art to that, or do you just deadhead wherever? Well, no, you deadhead, and if you've got uh, roses, very often send an enormous, great big, long uh, shoot out. My simple life have it's uh, at home. They've sent this one had got two enormous ones. They were way over the hedge. I've, I've basically, I've looked at them, and if they weren't needed, I've cut them back because they will grow from a bud. You know, I've mentioned apical dominance before, and yeah. wherever you cut back to, that's where they grow from. It's like coppicing. You coppice right trees every 12 years or so, and they grow from where you've cut them back. Mm. Buds that would never have developed suddenly become the top dogs, and they start growing. So you can plan with some of those long shoots that you've got. I want a couple of nice shoots coming from there, so cut back to where you want those shoots to grow, to grow from. Yeah, so don't think you 
You can't get the secateurs out. You can do it. I'm always walking around with my secateurs. And I, the Ceanothus is in flower at the moment. Oh, I'm, my goodness. Mine has I'm, gone absolutely berserk. Well, I'm training, I'm training mine on a trellis. And all the shoots, the ones that I can get round, will be tied in to grow up the trellis. Anything that grows out will be will be cut back, and I can keep it about six inches wide. And uh, through the summer, as new shoots grow, I'll nip them back to say four inches, and they'll they'll side shoots next year. That will be a mass of flowers because those shoots. New shoots have got time to mature and produce um, buds ready for next year, flower buds. Mark's just sent me a note saying, oh, we forgot to mention Better Buxus, um, which is, I think it's called Better Buxus, and it's resistant to box. So we talk again box about blight. The, uh, oh, brilliant. Sorry, box blight, yeah. Um, it, it, it's amazing how they're developing these things now, you know, to, to be resistant to certain diseases. Because, I mean, yes. box blight, is, uh, for a while, particularly in the south of England, was a massive problem, wasn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so, like I say, yes, you can snip here and snip there so long as you know what you're doing and um you know through the summer don't worry about taking a few bits back i mean if your pyracantha grows out over the path you don't sort of say well i can't cut it back and i'll walk around the lawn no No, you know you you do you do your pruning and it all benefits summer pruning really does benefit um flowering the modern shrub roses and the cli- modern climbers. You know, this time of year, years ago, on, in clean air that we've got now, black spot would have been everywhere, wouldn't it? We'd be yeah. we'd be pulling yeah. our hair out. Yeah, they are spotless. The yeah. leaves are spotless. And on heaven, my, there's not a mark on them. They're no, absolutely incredible. It is wonderful. I mean, the plant breeders. They're they're the people who matter to me. You yeah. know, they 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 are brilliant. Rosie, yeah. I mean, Rosie Hardy. She. She breeds plants as well, yeah. as you know. We've got. Um, I know. You, you, if we get to Beaver Rod, she, let's hope she's got frilly knickers. Um, frilly knickers. We'll, we'll yes. have to get you a frilly knickers, <laughs> which is a an enemy. Um, and but one of the anemones that doesn't creep. You know, I sometimes put them in, and they end up all over the place. Yes. Um, this one doesn't creep, so we'll we'll see if we can get you a frilly. <laughs> Really knickers. Really knickers. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, if, yeah. And actually, just as a reminder, if, if you're listening on a podcast or for anybody that's interested, um, we had uh, Rosie, Char- uh, Rosie Hardy on as a, a guest here, didn't we? Yes. Earlier in the year. And that is by a country mile, our most popular podcast. So um, you can listen to that anytime. Just look up Loving Your Garden on wherever you get your podcasts or go to Apple Podcasts. Just search Loving Your Garden. And you can go through all our episodes and you'll see um, some really great guests. David Stevens, uh, Jonathan Mosley. Um, yeah. Who else did we have? Um, we've had David Stevens a couple of times because he's such yeah, a great Yeah, well, David, David and Jonathan will both be at Beaver as well, Rod. So Excellent. you'll be able to catch up with Excellent. them. Excellent. And in the, uh, in Annabelle the Padwick. Annabelle Padwick. Annabelle, Annabelle's me. going to be there, yes. It's, it's, it, I think it's the Loving Your Garden show to tell it's you. The, the Loving Your Garden reunion. <laughs> Well, that is definitely going to be a podcast, without any doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget, folks, that um, it's a great time to actually do propagation. Um, hydrangeas can be done. Um, my Ceanothus, 
um, I, I'll be taking a few cuttings. As soon as it's finished flowering, I'll be taking some of the cuttings. It's softwood, semi-hardwood cuttings. The wood's grown, and on shrubs, uh, particularly hydrangeas here, um, the wood is starting to get that little bit harder. You bend it, and it's getting woody at the bottom. And basically, you take the tip out, cut underneath the leaf joint, about length of a pen, something like that there, you know, length of a biro, and um, you take the bottom leaves off, just leave a couple of leaves at the top. With hydrangeas, the leaves are quite big, so you can cut them in half. And um, so long as you leave something to photosynthesize, stick them in a pot of loose compost, stick them under the north side of your house um, so they don't get sun to burn them off. And they root really, really well. Plants what, what, want to root at this time of year. When you say hydrangea, uh, for example, hydrangea Annabelle, that's got a great big flower. Um, they're starting to to really go for it now. Um, would you do that at this time of year? You, you could try Annabelle at this time of year. Annabelle is a great one if uh, you can take little bits off the side. Um, it's what a great one for... Um, I found an old patch of Annabelle once and I just split it up, took all the outside bits with a bit of root. That was in the winter, though, Rod, and uh, planted them. And we got a whole bed of um, of Annabelle and um, wonderful. There's a pink form of Annabelle now as well, which is fabulous. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, plant. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is. And it's one that you just cut down each February, just like your raspberries. And up it comes and... Um, that that's where you get the best blooms don't forget mo a lot of the hydrangeas don't like that afternoon sun they can cope with a bit in the morning and later on but they they don't like after uh, that hot afternoon sun at all so oh, well, um, mine's not in a good place then because it's right south facing <laughs> at the front of the garden all right gonna have to move it again <laughs> It's amazing how plants will move. I've got a choice here, a, a, a choice here, and it's been moved. What Aztec pearl, and it's been oh. moved four or five times. And I thought this time it's going to give up, <laughs> and it and and it for ages it sat there. And I thought, and it is, but I've um, it started to go. It's, I think it thinks. I'm permanent here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it started to go. So uh, wonderful. Yeah. All right. Listen, John, thank you very much. I'm okay, glad then, Rod. Having a good time in, in Cumbria. Uh, yes, enjoy. We'll do. And thanks to our sponsors, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. Uh, for a free quote and advice on any project, go to their Facebook group, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. That's L A I N G, Fitzgerald Lane decorators thanks for listening if you've enjoyed our podcast if you're listening on podcast please subscribe tell your gardening friends about us and check out our loving your garden facebook group and be inspired by a wonderful friendly and knowledgeable group of members bye-bye bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.